Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have my very special mummy on the show, and today we're going to talk about interior design. So for those of you that don't know, she did my apartment in New York when I was living there, and I met this dude on a chairlift in Colorado, and now we <laughs> moved, and now she's doing our house in Atlanta. Um, I left a question box for you guys on the on my Instagram stories last year when we first moved here and we got some great questions and you guys were really keen for this episode. And then in my behind the scenes bubble, I left another question thread and there's heaps of questions. So I'll give a little bit of background on what mom's helping us with and why I hired her as our interior designer. Mm -hmm. And then um, we will jump straight into the questions so that we can help you guys with doing this. Okay. So first things first is that she's incredible and I love a nice space, but as mum can attest, I have no fucking taste. <laughs> no, you have taste. It's about pulling it together. So before there was this cushion, right, that we're always sticking on different chairs. And mum thought, I think you thought you bought the cushion. And then and then today I was like, I hate that fucking cushion. And she's like, yeah, where did I get it from? Where did I get it from? And I was like, well, I bought it. And she goes, that's why. That basically, <laughs> that basically sums it up. It just didn't work. And I was thinking, God, did I miss that one? Anyway. Yeah. So I, and I think this, this is something that I didn't realize. When mum became an interior designer and like, you know, I feel like a lot of women, especially mums, they yeah. are, whether they're actually interior designers or self-proclaimed interior designers, I always thought, well, like I like saving pins. I could do interior design. Holy shit, I could never do interior design. I can't even sit down on a meeting with mom for an hour and make a fucking decision. The decision fatigue would drive me nuts. I don't know how interior, de- interior, designers, interior designers make a decision. And I will say, I think something that I also have noticed since working with you for, what now, like nearly two years, because um, we didn't even finish my fucking apartment in New York before, until I left, yeah. before I left. But there is definitely a difference, and maybe you can quickly jam on this. There is definitely a difference between interior design as quote unquote and someone that has gone to years of training and done like you've done all these like kitchen fucking courses and design things and yeah that there is definitely a difference between interior designers like you and then everyone and their neighbor that's a quote unquote interior designer can you maybe just share the difference people know what to look out for sure 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 well a lot of it comes down to space planning And um, really, you just have to go back to the basics and you have to start with a floor plan so that you know that all those items that you're going to buy are actually going to fit into the space. And it's not even just a physical item. You need negative space so that I can rest. You need um, space around an object so that you can move easily. And it also can be determined by how many people are living in the space. Um, But there's certain kind of guidelines about, for example, how much room you need behind a chair. Yeah, at a dining table. So mm. um, now I'm going to talk millimetres. So this is probably going to drive a some lot people. Of Americans that's okay. Nuts that's all right. I, can... I struggle to work in inches. So anyway, so for example, a dining chair, you need minimum 800 millimetres, ideally, to be able to push that chair back and for the person to be able to stand up comfortably and move away from the table. You could get away with 700, but you know, little things like that mm. um, are really important. And it's not always possible to have ample space like in your dining area yeah, in, in your, your apartment yeah. so we had to improvise and um, hence one of the other things that we did in your apartment was have a glass table so that there was a bit of an optical illusion that there was more space if we had a timber table it would have looked a lot more solid so back to back to your question about um, 
the differences. I, I guess because I've done so many years of study, I'm a bit of a course junkie. So with years of experience, you're able to just visually be able to map out spaces. But if you don't have that experience, even being able to draw up something on graph paper is um, a lot of help because you need to know that items are going to work in a space. Hmm. Um, you, the difference between someone who studied a lot and someone who um, perhaps is good with colour or yeah. fabrics is that um, there's, there's a huge difference between um, flow and function and, um, you know, really the, the design coming together because it's a lot more than just a few colours and a bit, a, of, a, bit of, a bit of fabric. Yeah. You know, everything has to gel, everything has to work. There has to be um, a repetition in a space of whether it's a colour or a texture or something like that so that I can then travel comfortably mm. around a room um, as, as, as well. Okay. There's, there's a lot there's a lot of I feel like yeah. I feel like something that I picked up from working with mum that made me realize like what I can do if I can do this job and two there's a lot that goes into it is that when I will suggest something in a space she will straight away think about function think about dimensions think about like so many different things where I'm like this it made me realize that it is so much more I guess for really 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 good interior design that's functional as well mm. it's so much more than just oh this looks pretty let's put this in a space or let me just buy a sofa like this Pinterest thing and then it will look good because for example my sofa that looked incredible in New York it doesn't work as well oh, no. in our current living room because the flow is completely different and you know in New York I was living in a glass box so we needed things that had a lot of texture and that really was very grounding but here we live in a house so it's like we actually want to keep the space a bit more open and whatnot well yeah and and actually another thing to think of with your sofa here is that your television is higher so therefore the sofa has a different comfort level because your eyes are actually looking up whereas in New York Mm. your television was at eye level so you could sit quite comfortably back in the sofa and look at the television but now you almost need to slouch into that sofa to be able to look up to the television because of its location you're right um so it's little things like that just tweaking little things like that you know the location how how a, a family works how a couple works whatever individuals work it um is imperative you know there's there's a questionnaire I send out at the beginning of every project mm. just to give me a bit of a rundown as to you know what the family likes and equally what the family doesn't like I didn't um, get that questionnaire <laughs> you don't count honey and you you are you're a league of your own honey like sometimes you're the best client and other times it's like, let me tell you, their attention span when I ask her questions, 10 seconds. Quite Ten literally. seconds. I have to have it listed and she's like, next, next. And I'm like, whoa, no, we're going back to the curtains. We have not finished with the curtains. <laughs> anyway, um, so we've deviated there. Um, but, yeah, so even something that um, that I will say that mum does really well that I appreciate in her, and I think that's maybe an important thing if you're looking for an interior designer, is someone that appreciates, yes, the design in X, Y, and Z, but that understands the function aspect and whether like how usable it is and does it make sense because I think that a lot of interior designers, like you'll look at a space so beautifully or mum's told me stories of like other people that have had other designers do things and the space is beautiful, but it's not fucking usable because it's not practical. Like even without sofa, we're trying to make it beautiful but also practical and like the fabric that we're do, do like that we're using 
is whatever it fucking is and like the design <laughs> of the sofa I wanted a certain look but then mum made me really aware that like yes you that looks good but in 10 years time you're actually gonna get sick of it because it's not going to be comfortable and yeah. blah 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 so there's always a lot more to to design than the actual physical look yeah um so, well, talking talking about your sofa, we'll go back to the go back to the sofa. But again, you know, we had to consider how you use the sofa. What do you plan on doing on the sofa? Are you going to sit there and work? I thought you were going to say naughty. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, God forbid, but yeah, maybe. Um, we're not going there this episode. Um, yeah, but like, for, like I mentioned about your television, yes. that's really important. The yes. height of the television compared yeah. to the sofa. Um, is your partner really tall? Mm-hmm. You know, my son is six foot eight. So yeah. a low, sexy sofa that are all really sexy right now and on trend yeah. can be the most uncomfortable thing for some people. Um, you know, so there's always, it's always function. For me, it's yeah. always about function. Yes, form comes into it, of course, but it's got to be functional. It's yeah. got to be, you know, practical. And hence we're choosing a Krypton Kravit performance fabric mm. for dogs. There will be children. Yeah. Um, you know, it has to stand the test of time because yeah. when you're having a custom sofa made, it's it's bucks, it's big bucks. But yeah. we're actually pulling together a, a few styles to get the end product. That will, like, look good but also be practical, feel good and be durable with a lot of species on it. Species. Species. Okay, so let's jump into some of these questions that you guys have left in the behind-the-scenes bubble. All right. So first question is from Megan. I don't even know where to begin to decorate. What are some easy ways to make a space feel homey and put together when you live in an apartment and want to get the security deposit back? And this was actually one, this is one that was asked quite a bit. I want to say, and maybe mommy jump in. I was in an apartment in a very, very strict building and I was surprised when they said to me, oh, you can like put things in the wall you just have to make sure it's filled afterwards. Hmm. So maybe that's something to also double check for some people of maybe you think you can't put something in a wall, but actually the rule is you can. You just have to return the space to the way that it was when you moved in. And if they already have the paint color and stuff, it's not that expensive to fill the hole in, et cetera. No, and if you're living in an apartment for quite a while, you plan on staying there for a while, it's worth putting a couple of holes in that wall. If you know that that wall, I'm just going to say Whisper White, Antique White, USA, whatever, they're Dulux colours I'm rattling off. So, you know, any any sort of colour, even if, um, you know, you could check with the landlord about the colour if they have a leftover paint tin Mm -hmm. or if you could paint the wall a similar colour, you know, do a little colour match, which you can easily do with a fan deck, you know, Mm -hmm. put it up against the wall but also... Paint does change colour over over time, over the years, and depending on the amount of sunlight that that hits the wall, because it can fade, okay. depending on how how much um UV, how UV stable it is. But um, there are other things. There's other ways apart from you know just whacking a hole in the wall and putting up a picture. You can use those command adhesive um, strips. strips that you get from Home Depot. Home Depot, Bunnings, Australia, think, whatever. Yeah, if you Googled, yeah, yeah. like, command strips, yeah. you'd be able to find 3M them. make them. There's some cheaper brands. They all work. Better than Blue Tack. Yeah. Because that way you can at least get a frame. But, like, Monica's, Monica's um, picture wall here, they're all just really thin little nails. Yeah. That are holding up all these um, pieces of art. And, you know, we're talking a minuscule nail that you can easily just fill with a little mm-hmm. bit of filler and paint over if you know the paint colour 
or you, you well, reckon... What I was surprised about was when I moved into my New York place, they didn't even paint over it. Where there was paintings put up, they just filled the hole because the walls were already white and I guess the filling was just the same. They just painted over that little bit. So maybe your landlord won't even care depending on the building that you're, that you're in. So yeah. maybe it's something – I would say it's definitely worth asking and looking into. Yeah, no, absolutely. But these okay. command um, strips are a great alternative. But other things you can be doing, like flowers, fresh flowers, plants. I mean, flowers can be expensive. I appreciate that if you're not able to go to a market. But plants, orchids, last forever. Give you Unless the flower. you're me and you don't water them. You have to water. <laughs> once a week, that's all you need. A little bit of fertiliser, yeah. once a month. They last forever. They're great. And then you yeah. put them outside and they'll reflower the next year. Mm -hmm. So really easy to do. And what I tend to do at home, because I was never that good at watering when mm -hmm. I was younger, you pick a day. My day is Saturday. Saturday is water plants day. Yeah. You know, the day the cleaner comes or whatever. Yeah. Get the cleaner to water if you're able to have a cleaner. Yeah. Just make one day a week, water the plants. Plants can add a huge difference. Things like um, just layering, layering up a space, whether it's cushions, it's throw rugs, um, things like that. Some knickknacks, things that mean something to you, um, photo frames, you know, something you've picked up from your travels, a journey you know, that you've, that you've managed to have and, you, and then you find a book that relates to that space that you went to or that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else um, to make it more homey? To make it more homey? Light. Light. Okay. Um, now, one thing that does tend to happen in the US is you don't have a lot of overhead lighting. They do a lot of lamp lighting, which can set a mood, but there's different sorts of light, lighting. There's ambient light, which is your um, lamps and things like that, or there's task lighting, which is more of a directional, um, brighter, direct light. Um, so, again, it depends on the space, but lamps, floor lamps add great ambience, soft lighting. Mm -hmm. Then you can have brighter lights for task lighting. Like if you if you want a reading lamp in a chair, yeah. you could have a more directional mm -hmm. floor lamp that will direct light onto a book or if you're sewing or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but lamps can add a lot of, a lot of warmth. Definitely. What about wood? Because when we added that wood console in my New York apartment and I was like, oh, that's going to look terrible there, it made – it really grounded the space. It made it so different. Correct. Thankfully, we're moving away from the, the whites and the greys, what I feel. Yeah. Um, and, look, I still like that Scandinavian look, but they bring in a lot of blonde timber, yeah. which is nice, which warms up a space. Um, you know, I quite like moody spaces. I quite like dark spaces, but I need good lighting because I'm a bit blind. Mm. Um, so I need good lighting in those sort of spaces. But thankfully we're moving more towards the warmer colours. I don't do trends, but if you're looking at sort of trends, mm. the terracottas, the warmer colours um, on the on the palette, on the colour wheel, which is, which is great. And so your apartment was lots of glass in New York and white and a bit of black. Yeah. Quite cold. Very so cold So we really apartment. needed to... Yeah, we really needed to warm it up with some warm tones in rugs, with some warmer furniture. So even yeah. though the sofa was white, we did a we did a bouclé, which is very which on is trend. now going out of trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's moving on. It's still it's still hanging in there, but it's it's very sort of now, um, you know. But then even if you bought a cheaper sofa, which mm. we did do, you can add some lovely cushions you know, that don't cost a fortune, mm. but yet still And lots add. of throw rugs. We had lots and, of throw rugs in my New York apartment. And throw rugs. Books. Textures. Books. Add, yeah. You can add colour through books. Mm. Spine on a book can add a great amount of colour okay. um, to a space. And, and photo frames. You know, yeah, with friends so right. and family. 
And that, that creates a homier space because, again, it's bringing people into your space in, a, yeah. in, in an indirect way through photos. Okay, I love that. I love that. So on the note of trends really quickly, I feel like people would love to know this answer. What are some things that are timeless because something that we've even focused on everyone in our house is we're putting a lot of money into it and we want things that are timeless, that will last 10 years and I'm not going to get sick of it in a year because it's a trend. I want it to look beautiful, but I want it to not just, you know what I mean? I don't want people to be like, oh, it's out of trend in a year's time. So what do you feel like are some key things or I don't even know how to ask this question, just timeless stuff? So what one person's timeless is is going to be different to another person's That's timeless. a good thing. So don't Google so, timeless. So, so um, and what appeals to one individual may not appeal to another individual. And, and also my own tastes have changed yeah. over, over, the, over the years. So it's really when I ask a client if they like something, I need a reaction. If I don't get an instant reaction or you don't respond straight away, like what were we talking about the other day? There was something. Curtains. Curtain fabric. Yeah. And you're going, um, no, wait, no, that's a no. That's a no. Yeah, because then when I find something I like, I'm like, yes, straight away. And that's how I, I know that I want to invest in that thing because I actually really like it. Correct. So when you respond to something and it kind of makes your heart skip a beat, you go, ooh, yes, ooh, I like that. Then you're on track. So... Yeah, like I said, what appeals to one is not necessarily going to appeal to another. Um, you know, a lot of people want to play it safe and they consider safe colours to be mm. timeless. Sure. So maybe your big ticket items like your sofa, like your rugs, you might go, dare I say, safer mm-hmm. um, with your colour choices. But again, let's use you again, mm-hmm. the sofa choice, the fabric that we are using mm-hmm. for your sofa we're not going to do a light colour because it's not pre- overly practical, yeah. even though we're using, you know, a very, very tough fabric, um, a tough tactile fabric. We we still need to know that it's going to stand that test of time. So we've got, we're going for sort of a light brown for yeah, want of a, a better, brown, dis- yeah. better description for the majority. Um, so, you know, if, you're, if you've got dogs and kids, maybe a white sofa is not such a great idea. You mm. could put a white chair in that could easily then be recovered because some mm. people love white. I don't do a lot of white, I guess, because I'm so functional. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't want to live in a space that's so precious you can't do anything. And actually that's another really good thing about you. You are all you're always like no to pieces that you can't touch or sit on or do anything with. Yeah. And that are not durable because then it's not livable. Well, there's no point in having something that you can only look at and you can't yeah. use when you paid a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean you can pay a lot of money for artwork and look at it but it brings you enjoyment. Right. But to have, you know, a really expensive chair or sofa and it's like, don't sit in it. I remember yeah. years ago we had these friends that had this very gorgeous divine kitchen covered in Carrara marble um, and one of the kids went to put a soft drink, a can of Coke, on the Carrara marble mm. and she went nuts. She mm. was like, no, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, da, da, da. And then the men went to put down red wine. No, 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 no red wine. And I was thinking, well, that's just not practical. And I've yeah. lived with Carrara. Stressful. Yeah, I've lived with, we, do you remember one of the rental houses we were in there while we were building, um, Adney Avenue? Oh, yeah, It yeah, had yeah. Carrara marble. Well, you couldn't even cut a lemon because it guaranteed yeah. it, would, it would spurt everywhere and it would eat into the marble. Um, marble's great. You just need to know 
the downside. And yeah. if you're okay with the downside, then cool. Yeah, love it. Okay. Um, all right. We're in the process of renovating our home room by room, wondering whether it's better to wait and style it all at once, um, all, all at once whilst it's done, when it's done, I think she meant, or if there's a way to do it in stages whilst keeping the flow and vibe consistent. Okay. We were talking about this earlier. For you, yes. Yeah. So I think there needs to be an overarching kind of plan, vision, colour palette. Um, no, you don't have to style every room um, at the end, you could do it bit by bit, but at the back of your mind, you need to be going, okay, I'm in love with browns and green. So what's my colour palette going to go mm-hmm. head towards, you know, what is the vibe? It's always about the feeling. How do I want my house to feel? It's always feeling, 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 and that probably should have been one of the very first things I ever said. It's always about um, how do you want to respond to your space? When you walk into your space, how do you want to feel? Do you want to smile? Do you want there to be energy? Do, or do you want it to be really a reduced palette and calm? Do you want it to be dark and moody? Mm. Um, you know, so, so when it comes to styling a whole house, I would have an overall vision based on a feeling um, and it's always good to collect pictures, whether it's magazines, Pinterest or whatever. Um, so I, th- I feel from room to room there needs to be some sort of connection, whether it's a floorboard, whether it's – and that floorboard is carried out throughout the house, whether it's a colour palette like we're doing. We are repeating the colour palette in different um, objects, whether it's a rug, whether it's a table, curtains, whatever. Um, it's nice to have a continuation so then the house actually feels like it flows. If there's, You don't have to repeat every single fabric, for example, um, that you use in, say, the sitting room. You don't have to repeat that fabric in every other room. It's just about um, carrying through a pattern, carrying through a colour, carrying through maybe a bit of texture mm-hmm. here and there. Um, you know, in a perfect world, in a perfect project, I get to do design kitchens, bathrooms, do all of that, do all the hard finishes, but even when I'm doing the hard finishes, I'm still thinking how I'm going to style this. I'm still thinking what fabric am I going to use mm. for the sofa. Like it's all up here. Before I go to a client, um, with I have to have everything worked out. I have to have the floor plan drawn up, the kitchen designed, and then I do a big presentation where I have the, all the fabrics, all the hard finishes and all the fabrics okay. so that you know that those hard finishes are going to be repeated elsewhere. They're going to be flowing into fabrics. Yeah. There's going to be some sort of connection so that when you walk into a space, it sits in harmony and it flows and it has that feel that you're yeah. after yeah. through the whole house. So, no, you don't have to wait till the end. Um, when it comes to my projects, I opt to try and style for as much as I can for a client and do it all in one go, but it's always in my head from the get-go. Love it. Okay, cool. Friends, for the first time since 2019, I will be doing my first completely live program this year called Her. And it is not to be missed, and I mean that. It is for every single woman on every walk of life, whether you have your own business, whether you don't have your own business, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not in a relationship. If you want to be able to fully embrace feminine leadership in every area of your life so that even when you do have to lead something, you're not doing it in a way that will drain you, then you need to get on the wait list via the link below. Okay, organizational tips for keeping the space clean. I feel like you can relate because I am not clean. What are some things to do that would look pretty 
but also help you if you're not a tidy person and keeping the space tidier. Baskets. I'm a bit of a fan of baskets. You are. I like. I do like baskets and containers because, and not necessarily with lids. So baskets, open baskets, deep enough that you can just shove, shove yeah. all your shit in there. Mm-hmm. But even ceramic bowls. Like one thing we've always had in our houses: a nice ceramic bowl to dump yep. your keys, dump your shit as you yep. come in the front door. Yeah. You know, so it's sitting in a nice ceramic bowl of some sort. Doesn't have to be expensive. You know, I'm a bit of a fan of high and low. Mm-hmm. Sure, I love high. Everyone likes high. I'm a bit of a fan of, no, a big fan of Australian made and always trying to support Australian made, even though I'm in America. I've still bought Australian products. Mm. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, baskets. Um, you can get, look, you can get cheap storage. There's a place for IKEA in the market. There absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. You know, we've bought a lot of stuff from Crate and Barrel, CB2. Yeah. Um, you know, storage, 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 storage. And we can't all afford built-ins. Built-ins are great, um, but it's nice to have individual pieces that Mm -hmm. have a bit of character and a bit of story to tell as opposed to just a wall of painted built-ins or, you know. We um, we love, like, like me and my fiancé, I can't say his name, we love a cosy vibe. So we've loved adding... You know what are those drawer things called? Now <laughs> chests of drawers and like cabinets and extra items because that also I feel like helps to make the space warm and cozy. Oh, absolutely. Well, we've used a lot of wood and we've used a lot of different wood. Mm. Um, so burl wood, you know, um, this cabinet here which is dark wood with leather, black leather drawers. Um, we've used a lot of fluting in the timber. So there's all sorts of timber, but um, to warm up the space. But you have high ceilings. Well, in in this room, very high ceilings, yeah. Yeah. But we've opted for colour on the wall because there's a lot of light, so you can have colour on the wall. But then I don't mind having – I don't mind a dark, moody space either. Well, our bedroom is like a dark brown. Very dark brown. And we did that because the bedroom was so fucking big, or is, like it's too big, that we actually wanted the space to feel smaller because it was just ridiculous. Like we have a king bed – we have sofa. a chest of drawers, a sofa, a chair, a huge, like a giant TV on a whole wall, another cabinet. It's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. Um, okay, so baskets, bowls. Baskets, bowls, you know, storage units as much as you can. Um, and it is about putting things away straight away. Yeah, I know. I've tried to get into the habit. Um, okay. So, oops, next question. Okay, is your mum switching amongst styles like Bohemian with Med Century? Okay, like, are you blending styles? Does she have a pattern? Mix, mu- oh wait, must mixes and no goes? Does that make sense? Like, okay. things, and it, like, e.g., flowers and geometric sounds already horrible, but I guess you get the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> Clearly needs help. I, I, I don't have a set style. Um, if, if there's anything I'm known for, it's probably colour. Mm. Um, yes, I can do a Hampton style. Yes, I can do neutral. Do I sit comfortably in the land of latte? Probably not. Um, but I can do latte. Latte is basically taupe and white. Yeah. Like Very a latte, neutral. Latte, latte co- coffee. Yeah. But for me, I just need a bit of energy. I need a bit of life. I need a bit of, um, you know, a spark and something to make you smile, some yeah. energy and something to get sort of the, the vibe up, something yeah. to get, you know, the, the feeling going. You want For me, this is me personally. Keep talking. Oh, I'm just moving that. Um, <laughs> I like to walk into a space and smile. So we have a bright yellow front door. 
we, as you walk in the front door, there's, you know, another piece of artwork. We've got, you know, bright furniture. Um, yeah, and big, big artwork. Because I want to walk in and go, oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, I want to feel happy, yeah. but I want it to be smart and sophisticated. So we've got a nice rug, yeah. you know, but it depends. You may want to open your front door and just feel calm and zen and, and keep it neutral. And on that note, something that I really wanted with this house is for it to be really calming to like our nervous system. Bedroom needs to be calm. Living room needs to be calm. My office, I want it to be calm, etc. The guest room, I've been like, I really want that to make be quirky or like one of the guest rooms. Podcast room can be a bit quirky because I'm not in it as much. But mum has been really big on we're making it calm, but we're not having no life in the room. No, so calm can be just simply um, using a, a tonal palette. So even in this space, we have even though this wall's throwing a bit of a green, it's actually quite cream and it's actually got a bit of a brown undertone yeah. to it. So, you know, we've got browns on browns on browns. We've got layers. We've got textures happening. So it might be a very similar colour palette. There's not a lot of energy in this space from colour, i.e. there's no reds, pinks, orange, blues, whatever. Right. We do have we do have some green. Um, so it's still a very neutral palette but we've got interest going on because we've got burlwood, because we've mm-hmm. got different shapes, we've got different sizes, we're layering. Yeah. We've got a real plant. You know, I'm not really into <laughs> That's not fake. dead yet. I'm, I'm not <laughs> really into fake flowers because they collect dust and they look shitty after yeah. um, a short time. But um, so you can keep it neutral by just repeating colours, but repeating tonal tonal values of those colors so like some darker browns some lighter browns and creating interest through texture because texture is really important yes if you're just going to go neutral for me because I need energy I don't like everything to me I don't I'm not big on everything being of equal value and reading the same um color texture I like you know I like a deviation and big on a hero hero piece in a a space as as, as well so um back to the original question I'm probably more known for working in color and doing things a little bit differently trying Mm -hmm. to think of a different space you know a colleague of mine said to me one time why do you go to so much effort to find so many different pieces for a space just repeat the same thing just go over and over again Mm -hmm. and this this colleague of mine has, has has a phenomenal business and um she basically does the Hamptons look, blues, yeah. whites, greens, and repeats mm. it and repeats it. And she's got a she's got a great business. She so makes a lot of money. What you want. But that's just not me. I try and twist and, and make it a bit quirkier and find a different piece. And, and, and you, because you said this to me, you want like the client's personality to be in the room. Absolutely. It's your space. It's not my space. Yes. You're living in it. I'm not living in it. Otherwise I would just do the same thing or just repeat, repeat. Yeah. But it's about what appeals to you. And again, it comes back to function. Yeah. How do you use the space? How how many people are in the space? How many people are living in a space? Yeah. Who is using the space? Love it. Um, Oh, and wait, to answer this one as well of like this part of, do, do you like blend styles yes oh yes like yeah because I'm like I want mountain vibes but we live not in the mountains right now this house not in the mountains and also something that I didn't even realize because this is clearly why this isn't my job is I just thought that you can make any house a mountain vibe but no you need you do need a mountainy house a very wooden stone etc 
to make it a mountain vibe. So we've blended like contemporary with some like little vintagey quirky mm. pieces with mountain vibes with like some more like Frenchy maybe I don't fucking know don't ask me but <laughs> point is, is that you do blend styles I I do I do so okay, what's the tip then on like how do you blend a style if you're like I like bohemian and I like mountain is that what how would you blend that style um again it's about you could pick from the color palette okay so about repeating some browns mm-hmm. um you know so your your fiance it originally started out saying he liked modern and clean lines. <laughs> well, let me tell you, we've gone completely the opposite. Because I don't uh, like that. I uh, didn't want that. But then, so it's, you've got to take into consideration to some extent the architecture, mm. um, how you live, where you're living, and, and given where you are now, there's still a lot of trees. It's still yeah. the house, the, the, the um, architecture of the house still lends itself to a bit of, well, a lot of timber. And a bit of a mountainy vibe. So we've done a few bits and pieces, a few yeah. antlers here and there. Yeah. Um, but we've not made it that traditional, dare I say, ski lo- American ski lodge yeah. look because it's not overly practical to live with every day. Yeah. Um, and also it doesn't suit the architecture of the house. Yeah. And that does dictate to some extent um, a bit of space. But having said that, we can blend. Yeah. We can definitely yes. blend. And I'm a big fan of... of more of an eclectic look, which yes. is what I would say I am. Yeah. More cool. eclectic, a bit of this, a bit of that. But if you Google eclectic, that looks terrible because when I gave mum the brief for my New York thing and it was all opposing, it was like, it was like vintage, mod, like it was just everything opposite. I guess that's just, I'm a bit opposites in that way. Um, mum was like, so basically you're kind of, your vibe is eclectic. But then when I Googled eclectic, I'm like, that looks fucking horrendous. So don't Google eclectic. I feel like eclectic <laughs> is just like blending a mix of different things. Yeah, but there's got to be, this is where you, a designer's eye is obviously yes. helpful. So there's got to be some sort of um, continuation of colour, of theme, of, yes. you know, material. Okay. All right, next question. Um, okay, inspiration for a Gold Coast, Australia, as you'll know, for a Gold Coast interior, exterior design, waterfront. We have a beach house in Newcastle and love the Hamptons vibe, lol, but I think we need a more luxurious vibe for Gold Coast, our next house. Okay, any quick tips for that? Okay, so when you say Gold Coast. So I, waterfront. Yeah, I instantly think bling because mm. a lot of Gold Coast homes are bling. Okay. Which is not necessarily my personal vibe and I'm not sure whether that's what you want to do. I know, and, I know she's a do you know the person? Yeah, okay. I don't think that would be her. I'd okay. be surprised if that was Kate. Okay, because a, a lot of Gold Coast, traditional sort of Gold Coast homes do the shiny glossy white tile or a light tile they do a lot of bling and a lot of crystally sort of stuff and a bit more of that yeah fake french okay anyway but so for a more sophisticated look i would bring in and if you're on the water and you want that coastal sort of vibe i'd be thinking sandstone natural natural Mm, oh i love that but but again you know that that mix of sort of a rough a rough honed stone with something that is really smooth and shiny perhaps. Yep. Mixing up that luxe with the rustic creates a lot of a lot of interest as well. Mm. Mixing up the stone, like if we did if you did a sandstone colour with, you know, white painted timber or some ship lapping, which is basically just timber overlapping timber. Um, uh, white panelling, for example, that works really well in a coastal home. But to elevate it, you could simply be doing that also through colour. 
as opposed to everything being white. You could have shades of white. You could bring in a warm, slight warm grey with, yeah. it, with it as well. Cool. But I like the idea of having some blonde timber in there and some sandstone. Love that. Okay. Um, all right, next one. So... Okay, so if you're establishing a long-term rental, like when you're not sure how long you'll even be in the country, what can you focus on or like what should you then focus on in a long-term or a short-term rental, sorry? Well, we've done long-term rentals in different countries. So basically um, what we actually had was we had movable rooms. So you could literally pick up the furniture and the carpet and everything and wherever you were going to be, that room worked. Everything in that room, that sofa worked with the carpet, worked with the coffee table you know, and so on and so on. So that's something that you could think of. But then um, I don't know if you're able to to ship furniture wherever you're moving to or whether it's just inter- interstate or something like that. But obviously investing in um, key pieces that you can take with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't see rentals are very different. I don't know whether that's in Australia or in America because when you rent homes in America. Uh, Emily is in South America, actually. She just moved from Canada to South America. Okay, because sometimes you rent homes with furniture. Yes. See. So it all kind of depends on that. So if you're okay. renting a home with furniture, we'll then invest in some. So what she said, rugs. decorating. So maybe she's decorating it. Okay. So what would be like the, what would be some key then throw lamps, rugs. throw rug lamps. lamps, love lamps, um, okay. plants. Okay. Plants can add so much value. Okay. Just a bit of greenery in a space okay. just adds so so much. But even things like mirrors reflecting that light. Oh, and you know what I did in London because I was living in a short-term rental where it wasn't my furniture? We got new lampshades. We got throw rugs. We got like um, what are those like pillows that aren't like sleeping pillows called? Cushions. Cushions. Pillows here. They call them pillows. Oh, yeah. So I know we have like a language barrier between me and my fiancé with these things. Um, We got – what else did I get? Um, uh, We did buy plants as well. We did, yeah, plants. um, And just bits and pieces, candles, photos, photo frames. Oh, like trays, trays. coffee table books. Yeah, it was those things that really helped. again, add – books add another dimension. They Mm. they add colour, they add warmth, Mm -hmm. you know, and stability. Okay, so how to decorate a space for someone who loves windows and natural light. That is me. What are good colour palettes together? So how to decorate a space for someone who loves windows and natural light? What are some good colour palettes together? Well, again, one of the first questions I always ask a client is what colour do you like? What are you drawn to? But equally, what aren't you drawn to? So your colour for your branding mm. is pink, red, and I'm not A bit drawn. of brown. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I can and never I'm... also do a room fucking red, but we have a little bit of like a brown now in yeah, the branding, yeah, yeah. which has yeah. been perfect. We kind of redid that. So now a lot of the house... Actually, especially if I was wearing like a pink, a pink, a black, or a red outfit, then the colors would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and red's not a color I'm drawn to at all. Oh, I think in a space that would look horrendous. So, um, well, you could do accents in like a raspberry red, perhaps, or something. Okay. But anyway, so it's always about what you're drawn to. Um, I don't necessarily put my color palette onto people because I'm not living in the space. They're the ones. So it's always. What colour appeals to you? Do mm. you like blue? Let's build on blue. Because there's not just one blue. There's a Tiffany blue, sure. There's a navy blue. There's a grey blue. So it just depends on what colour you're naturally drawn to and um, and building on something from there because okay. you're the one that's living in the space. So it's got to appeal to you. And on the build, note of yeah. warm colours, mm. because I feel like this is something that I've learnt from you, can you describe a warm colour and a cold color because for example this house was very gray when we moved in it was a very cold gray but you said that you can get a warm gray so can you just share that because 
that help people will realize that like not all browns, not all grays, whatever are the same. Correct. And I don't want to get too heavy and technical yeah. in color because otherwise I'll, we'll lose you. But um, so this house had a lot of blue gray. It was very cold. I'm looking at the gray door right now. So it was a very, yeah, it, it was a very blue gray. Um, whereas you can get something um, that has a, a red undertone and it's, and it's quite often got a red base when they're mixing it. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously got a, a warmer undertone. And, and if you get a fan deck or go to your Dulux or your Bunnings or your Home Depot or Ace Hardware, which is where I've gone and, yeah. and seen all the Benjamin Moore colours there, um, you can definitely see when you put one grey palette next mm-hmm. to another, you can see that some are warmer than the others. And it's about the undertone. So some are very cool and blue and others have got the red and they're obviously warmer. Yeah. And again, it depends on the location in the house. So in we're in the northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So the ideal scenario is your backyard faces south, which is what you do yeah. have. So therefore, all the northern rooms don't get as much light and are colder. So you need to paint those rooms warmer, a warmer colour than a cooler colour. So to paint um, a room that faces south um, in the northern hemisphere, you could definitely paint it a lighter colour. You could put more colour in it. You could make it. Mm-hmm. brighter because it's a sunnier sunnier area you could use a colder color if you wanted to but using cold colors in a north facing I have to remember because I'm all I'm yeah. in the south southern hemisphere um so like for example the office downstairs if you painted that um a really cool blue mm. it would be 10 times worse than if yeah. you put that same color in a sunny aspect oh. so in Australia for example um you have to take into consideration painting bedrooms for example kids bedrooms cool blues um, if they're in the southern part of the house, just mm. things like that. So you need to sort of know the aspect. And the best way to judge a colour and to see a, a colour's true undertone is to look at it in the sun, look at it in the sunlight. Yeah. How many grey houses have you seen out there that have actually got purple undertones? Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. So look at colour in Also just like sunlight. higher interior design because like <laughs> fuck this, I'm already zoned out. Oh, my God, well. I but seriously, I will say like <laughs> – I will say that, one, I think it's so attractive and sexy and it shows your self-worth when you invest in your environment because your environment affects you and it's your space. But also I, like, I know I've probably said this before, I think I've said this before on my Instagram, maybe my podcast too, I had no idea the value of investing in interior design, (laughs) sorry, mom, no offense, until I did because... I thought that I was doing an okay, I thought that I was doing a fine job or that I would do a fine job myself. But then even like before mum came last time to our house here, you came like towards the end of last year, I'd like put some coffee table books place and blah, blah, blah. And mum came in and this is like 11 p.m. at night. She literally on this cabinet behind our sofa just moved some coffee table books and that like cement knot thingy and a lamp. And I was like, screaming because I just could not believe that the subtlest thing made the biggest difference and I think that a lot of us think that interior design is just something simple and like oh I can do it I don't need to hire a designer and I know that we don't all have the budget to hire a designer but it is something that I think is worth investing in because you are investing in your environment and once it is done well it is done it is done it is an investment and you don't have to then save the headache on making the mistakes that's correct and in the the long run you know will you save money yeah, it's done. it's done. It's done properly. Friends, I'm quickly interrupting this very juicy episode because I need to remind you that the Australia event is coming up very, very soon. 
and the tickets are soon going to stop selling. So by the end of April, there'll be no more tickets available for you to buy. So it's really important that if you want to come, that you have done your due diligence in checking everything that you need to check about this event so that you can make an informed decision and not just checking the logistical side of things, but checking your intuition. Because like I've said, I'm not doing this event again in Australia in at least the next six years. I've been really open and transparent on the recent episodes. We you know, think we want to start having kids in 2025. I'm sorry, but I'm not taking a fucking toddler to Australia and dealing with that whilst I'm running a three-day event. I do not have the patience for that. So if you live in or around Australia, please, please, please do whatever you need to do to make this event happen. Because like Tony Robbins says, it is not a lack of resourceful of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. So if I was to explain that to you guys, think about in terms of all of your resources, time, energy, money, etc. Where are you telling yourself you're being resourceful, but you're actually not? Where are you afraid to really dig into in regards to your resources? What are you, what are the things that you need to maybe do to take the leap to get over your ego that actually is resourceful in making this happen, right? So you have the resources. Everybody has the resources because we all live in the same world. It is about whether you are being resourceful or not. Of course, some people have it easier than others. I'm not denying that. But you do have the ability to make this happen. It is whether you believe that you can and whether you are actually applying yourself or whether you're just telling yourself you are, but you're really doing a half-done job. So if you have any questions, if you're not sure whether the event is the right fit for you, if you're like, oh, I want to come, but is this program better? I don't know. Please, please, please just email support at monarchygateshealth.com so that we can guide you in the right direction, honestly. Because I am very clear with that. Like people will email all the time and I will actually give you the right directions. Like you might say, I want to do this program. And I'm like, no, you actually, that's not right. Stop. You're not, not going to get what you need out of it because you need to do this first. I'm really open and honest with that because I want you to get the results. That's why I do my job. So I'm not just going to sell you the event if it's not a right fit for you. I'm going to actually give you a little bit of a, a guide of like, okay, first do this, then do this, then do this. That's going to give you the best result. Okay. So any questions, let me know. I'm so, so excited for this event. It's going to be absolutely incredible. The vibe is Cozy Mountain Vibes because it's like kind of winter in Australia at this time. So it's going to be blankets, tea, cacao. We're trying to get like electric fireplaces in there. Like it is going to be a vibe, I'm telling you. So I will leave it there. Let's get back into this juicy episode. And do not forget to also leave a written review if you haven't already and send a screenshot to media at monarchyhealth.com so that you can get your free exclusive meditation only available for my podcast listeners okay um so next question um okay how to arrange things like bookshelves mantles cabinets etc and coordinate different things like vases books candles, etc and make it look cohesive intentional let's do you can quickly answer this and then maybe we'll take a video and my behind the scenes bubble we can i'll post it there later um so if you're in the behind the scenes bubble you'll then see a video and mum can give a few tips but if you're not in the behind the scenes bubble then more of a reason to join it okay so can you answer that question okay so it's about high and low um it's about breaking it up so if you've got a pile of say horizontal books on one shelf you don't want to have another pile of horizontal books directly above it it's about it's about splitting it up it's about working the color and moving the color around the space and again it's always about helping that eye travel around the bookcase travel around a space um 
so you know you want to be able to go high and low so and and I tend to group things in odd numbers which is not always the case these days and it just it just sort of depends um I'm just looking at some objects over, over here but um it's about it's about balance and um like I said high and low and having a different uh different sort of um what's the word I'm thinking of different intensity so some objects are going to be quite solid um other objects are going to be light so it's about the weight of an object as well um it's having different weights yeah and and spreading and spreading it out and and spreading that makes a lot of sense and plants put plants on your bookcase yeah trailing plants okay greenery there's a lot of indoor plants that don't need a lot of light they just need water love that (laughs) Note to self. Okay, we've answered Natasha's question. Okay, how to mix patterns to feel more luxurious? Also favourite grige paint colour? Is that a word? Grige. Grige. <laughs> oh, on the note of paint, can you please, because my audience will know this, what is the thing that makes a paint non-toxic slash toxic? If anybody wants to have low toxic paint, non-toxic paint, because we have non-toxic paint in the house, mm. all we use can you just, what was the name? What's the thing called? Something um, the fumes or whatever? I don't know what it's called. I can't. I'm done. Um, low VOC, so low um, volatile organic compounds. What are some so, quick brand names? So, well, most most big brands like Sherman Williams here, Sherman Williams, Benjamin Moore, um, you know, a lot of people and Dulux obviously in Australia, but again, Dulux is a big brand. I like the small guys, so I tend to use Hames a lot because, again, it's Australian-made, Australian company. Um, What's the paint that we've used? So it's American, so ben, American. Ben, Benjamin, Benjamin Moore. And, um, look, there's all different grades. There's all different qualities. Um, a lot of people still use oil-based paints, but they give off toxic fumes. Um, that paint also tends to yellow over over time. And you're breathing in yeah, these, fuck these that. toxins. No way day in, day out, which is not good. And we know a lot more about paint now. So I would opt for something that had um, no, to, well, next to none, mm. no no VOCs, cool. low toxicity. Love that. Okay, so um, how to mix patterns to feel more luxurious. I feel like we maybe already answered that. I don't know. Um, also favourite grige, whatever it was, paint colour. <laughs> um, so hang on, do they want an actual name of a paint colour then that's grige? I don't know, or? maybe. Just okay. answer how you think. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe okay. give some favourites. Okay, well, yeah, so I probably talk more Hanes, which is probably not, not known to a lot of people. But um, so your greige is, is more where you're mixing your, your, your white, your brown and your, and your um, what did I say, white, brown, grey. So, um, again, that comes down to sort of a warm, a warm grey. So it depends, okay. depends what you're sort of what you're looking for. And it also, you know, a colour is also determined by what it's going on so oh, yeah that's right you were saying like, your favorite could be terrible in that room that they need a gray for well the thing is if you've got a textured wall and you've got to paint that well that's going to take a lot more paint and it's going to be the light's going to be refracting off it so it's going to look a lot darker if you've got a plastered textured wall for example mm. like um a stucco house or something like that that takes a lot more paint than something that's like a smooth plasterboard okay. like we've got here um <clears throat> So mixing patterns, I quite like mixing patterns yeah. together, but I don't. Uh, there's there's a, 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 a great designer in Australia, and I've had a mental blank. Oh my god! And I went to her house, and I've oh, 
Okay, skip that one. You'll have to skip that one. Shit, that's okay. All the, all, it's even coming back. Anyway, um, but I do like mixing patterns. I tell you, there's there's someone I do I, I do really love, and that's Kit Kemp. It's quite. It's her her fabrics are to die for. They're quite intense. She does the um, this hotel range hotel. Um, uh, with her husband called Ferndale Hotels. So that one of them is the Crosby, then we've got the Whitby in New She's York. She's fucking obsessed. And I am obsessed. <laughs> They're quite intense spaces, but I love the colour. And she's What makes it luxurious? Really, um, the finishes. So it's okay. the detail. It's the detail. So a lot, there's a lot of fringing. There's a lot of colour. It's, it's about how she's finished off an item, finished off an upholstered chair. Okay. It, there's, it's just attention to detail. Mm. It also comes down to, you know, the sheen and the gloss level of, of, of certain okay. things okay. that can really influence um, um, sort of the luxurious feel of it and just the quality of the fabric. So a cotton is going to feel different to a velvet, for example. Yes, yes. So a lot of people okay. could relate, could yep, relate that to would that. Be, okay, cool. All right. Let me quickly look at these quick ones that you guys left in the DMs. We've answered all the behind-the-scenes bubble ones. There was a really good question about, yes, okay, combining opposite styles. So this is this is a good one for everyone. So if you and your partner have very different styles or maybe, okay, let's see yeah, that one. And then also what if your style is constantly changing? Like me, I'm a one thing one day, another thing another day. Advice. Okay, so it's about, again, finding that happy, happy medium always. So, again, come back and... Come back to the feel. How do you mm. want it to feel? Okay. How does your partner want it to feel? Because that's really what you've got to build on. So, like, and, and quite often a client doesn't actually know what they want. Yeah, you're right. Because my fiance so, thought he thought he wanted one thing, but then as we've gone through the process, oh my god, butter wants to come in. Uh-uh. As we've gone through the process, he's then realised that he's kind of changed what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you do change over time. I've I've changed a lot. I used to be quite country mm-hmm. in my in my um original tastes and now all these years later I'm quite eclectic. Yeah. Um and I mix up uh, antiques. So so um oh, I've had a brain fart. So like so when you had your part we've done this for a very long time. We <laughs> we need to go over in a second. But I do want to answer this question. Do you want you to get this answered? So yeah, no, no, no. when you so, two have different styles, how can you blend or like how can you come to a happy medium? Yeah. yeah. So focus on the feeling. Anything so, else? So focus on the feeling, colour palettes. Okay. So I had um a client, he was very, very modern. She wanted boho. So okay. then we're talking a sleek form of boho. We're talking that sophisticated mm. form of boho. So we're not talking real shabby chic sort of stuff, mm-hmm. really rustic stuff. We're talking the look of rustic, but it's got to be um, smooth lines, which meets more okay. the contemporary modern feeling of the yep. husband. So it was about sort of doing the happy blend. It was very the palette overall was quite latte mm-hmm. um, and quite neutral, but we had a bit of sheen. We introduced a bit of brass. But it was okay. sort of a boho way of introducing a bit of brass. Okay. So it's about fi- picking out from one style and the other style that sort of common commonality. Mm-hmm. So he quite liked a bit of gold in the contemporary feel. So how can I put that into a boho kind of feel Got and you. vibe? So Love it was that. kind of mixing mixing the two and using keywords. But like I said, quite often clients don't actually know what they want yeah. until you show them pictures and and. I have so many questions that I ask clients to get the information out mm, of them. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. I love that. All right. Let's pick another, maybe one or two of these questions and then we will call it a day. Um, 
Okay, what pulls a room together? I've just learnt, by the way, that rugs pull a room together. I had no idea. We just got our rug for our, our bedroom and it makes the place look so calm. It pulls the space together. Like, I can't even explain it, but it makes the biggest difference, that rug. And half of it is under the bed. Yeah. So, it yeah. grounds the space. It really just solidifies the space. It's that starting point. Yeah. Um, it grounds the space and it just makes the face space feel solid from mm -hmm. which you can grow everything else and I would do as big a rug as you can always afford to do mm -hmm. um armadillo I love yeah. armadillo we did a lot of armadillo armadillo yeah um they have a lot of stock rugs they have big rugs and they're really good quality and what they stand for is really good yeah. But anyway, by the by, there's a lot of a million rug companies out there, but I'd also be looking at secondhand rugs. A rug is a great place to start. Yeah. You know, yep. and if you're doing a neutral palette in a in a space, you could do a bit more of a patterned rug. Yep, love that. Okay, cool. One of the other really good questions was um what do you recommend splurging on versus saving on when um designing? I loved that. Okay. Well, I am a bit of a high and low. So I would spend money on your sofa because your butt's going to sit on that most yeah. days. Yeah, we spent money on things that we will spend a lot of time looking at, being in like our bed, yeah. our sofa, yeah. coffee table, kitchen, yeah. what else? Um, I don't know. And again, Offices. lamps, you don't have to spend a fortune on lamps. Pottery Barn, CB2, yeah. Soho Home. Yep. Like you don't need to spend a lot on, on you know, um, things like that, knick-knacky things. Ikea's got lots. Yeah, you know, yep. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not into disposable living, but IKEA, there's definitely a place for IKEA in the market. Yeah, it still has great things that you can stylize and books, you know. Yeah. Um, coffee table books. Coffee books really add warmth. They add story. Literally, they add yeah. another dimension. They add color. Um, they fill a space. Um, what What else pulls a room together? Lamps, lighting, flowers, plants. Yep. But like what no. what else should you splurge and on versus save in? Anything else? So also like artwork, for example. I don't have an eye for art. I don't mm. really appreciate art. Uh, fiance also doesn't really appreciate art. So we decided that we didn't want to be spending big bucks on art because we don't have an appreciate that could change, but we don't currently have an appreciation for it. Yeah. We have an appreciation for photography more so. So we have spent quite a bit of money on really nice photos and yeah. like this gallery wall, for example, and then we spend more on getting a custom bed because because we want the bed to be perfect and fuck knows what else. But yeah. yeah, well, things that you obviously spend a lot of time looking yeah. at or using, I bet, so far. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and the rug, out, lighting you don't have to spend a lot of money on, but, again, um, you know, you might find, like you did, that yeah. fabulous pendant light. So that, you do splurge on, yeah. So I'm, it. I'm a bit of a, a high and and high and low, but definitely sofa. Go for the best sofa you can afford, yeah. Because um, it will go the distance, as opposed to two years later from Freedom Furniture, it's in landfill. Yeah, amen. Okay. All right, Mum. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Bubba's now joined us. Butter. <laughs> well, we call him Bubba now. It's a nickname. Um, okay. So I want to quickly get um, you to share with everybody the process of how how it looks to work with an interior designer because I feel like a lot of us don't know. We make assumptions of what it looks like. Maybe every, every interior designer is different. Yeah. But, for example, yeah. like there's benefit. Like, yes, you know, we're you pay for your hours, so we're paying for your hours, but we save X amount on the sofa or the curtains because we get trade discounts, et cetera. And that way, in a way, we're saving money because – 
having you do it, it's like it is being done once and fucking well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to then make a mistake trying to do it myself, paying retail price and having to rebuy it because I hate the item or it doesn't work in the space. So can you just quickly really like talk about that? So I have a 15-step process that I use, but I start... All right, already asleep. (laughs) But I start by sending a client a questionnaire and they have quite a few questions that they need to go through. You know, a question like, where would you like to live? Like fun questions. What's your favourite music? You know. Okay. Anyway, so I have a step-by-step process that I go through. I'm very open about all my pricing. I share my discounts over and above 15%. So a client can ask me for any original invoice and Mm -hmm. I will give it to them. Nothing to hide. It's all in my contract. Mm -hmm. Very open communication. Um, There's no regulation for the interior design industry in Australia. I think there is a bit more in in America, but it's not like architects. I know. Gorgeous little thing. Um, Yeah, but very different to architects. So I try and be as clear and as open as I can with my process and I work via email all the time Mm -hmm. Um, and and Zoom. Well, obviously through COVID it was all Zoom. Um, So that the client knows what stage we're up to, you know, where things are tracking. I update them constantly. I invoice once a month. Um, I bill hourly um, so they know that where I'm spending my time. I go through and I explain everything to them, um, but I'm very open with my numbers and I, and I start out with a budget so that the client knows roughly where they're at, yep. but I create a whole picture. I don't do a piecemeal project, although mm. yours has been a bit piecemeal, but this has been a bit different. Yeah. Um, but I create a whole concept. So it's an overall image for a whole house or an overall you know, feel image for a room, depending on, on, on okay. what it is. Okay, amazing. So just to clarify for everyone to make that quick, so Yes, you pay an interior designer or you pay you hourly, but you also get these trade discounts. So if you went to get, if you went to, let's just say CB2, for example, and you wanted to buy this sofa, if you had mum buying the sofa or maybe your interior design, depending, then you would actually get 20% off that sofa. Well, it's not quite 20. Okay, well, but, whatever. But so yeah, whatever the, the discount is. Some is 10, it, some is 5, whatever exactly, it is. Exactly, but it's over and above the discount. It's the fact that you know that you're investing in a piece that's going to work. Yes. That it's going to work with the other items in the space because it's always a whole unit that we talk about. And it saves you fucking time. But otherwise you've got to do the groundwork. So sadly I've got a client back in Australia who is spending so much time tracking her fridge door that never came with the fridge because I'm over here and I'm trying to jump in and help her Mm. and she's just like, oh, my God, this is driving me insane. But that's where... You know, you pay me, yes, but I have the mouse, I have the contacts, I do the yeah. tracking for you. Yeah. I pull it all together. If you're a busy um, woman, like, and you want a nice space or a busy man and you, or a busy family and you want a nice space, it's like you get to hand over and just trust that your vision and the feel that you want is going to happen. Like the amount of times where mum's showing me like fucking fabrics or different furniture and I just, I'm like, I don't care, make a decision, fuck it, don't, like, because I trust you. I know that you know the vision that I'm after and the amount of times I cannot tell you. I'm like, that's going to look terrible. And then it arrives and I'm like, holy shit, this looks so good. I really had to learn to just trust that I don't have a knack for seeing how a space is pulled together and you do have a knack. And that's what you're paying for. It's a one and done. I'm a very visual person, so I can see how things mm. come together. Yeah. But I also draw it and I, and I do 3D renders so that the yeah. client can have a visual yeah. um, as well to get it across the, get it across the line. Okay. But um, in the long run, you save because it works. Yeah, exactly. Your space works yeah. and it all comes together and you don't have the heartache. Mm-hmm. The heartache is on me. 
Yeah. Um, but that's why you work with good suppliers. Yeah. Good people. Well, thank you, Mum, for coming onto the podcast. Hi, Butter. Thank you, Mum, for coming on the podcast and sharing all this amazing wisdom with us. If you would like to follow Mum, hire her, whatever, all the details are below. Her business name is Three Little Pigs Color and Design. Um, and you can reach out to her. She's one of my pigs. I'm one of the pigs. That sounds so weird when you say it out loud sometimes. I'm one of the cute little pigs. Um, so you can reach out to her anytime and inquire, but keeping in mind that you are doing this new thing where, well, we think you want to do this new thing where you'll have a one-off quick Zoom consultation if you need any advice, help on how to do this bookshelf or I need a piece of furniture in this room, what can I get? And it's a one-off situation. And then mum only does work with big projects. So please keep that in mind because just kind of just like me, if like you realize after a while that you want clients that <laughs> you can really help long-term and having an interior designer only do a few pieces in the house. I'm like, I don't think it's worth it then. Well, because it's hard. It's, it's just so like it's, bitsy. Yeah, and it's only it's, piecemeal and only that area you know, will work. Yeah, and then it's like the rest of the house looks shit. So it's like do it all or do nothing in my opinion. Um, okay, we'll leave Beautiful. it there. Thank, Thank you. you guys for listening and I hope that you love the episode. Um, if you do love the episode, please make sure you share on your Instagram story or send it to your group thread or whatever. If you share it on your Instagram story, you can tag me and you can tag at three little pigs. Three is the number and you will see mom's logo come up. It's a green logo. Tag us both so that we can say thank you. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks. Bye. You're so cute.